not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And you're working hard to put food on your family. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House! All right, we would like to welcome you to another episode, the 15th episode, I believe, of Pines and Diplomacy. I am your host, Tyler Stewart. Co-host over here, Ryan Comer. We we do have some interest. We have a lot of news to update you on. Obviously, in the era of 2021, there's a lot of news that just kind of comes and goes pretty quickly. Something cool on our end that we thought, for those that are habitual listeners, one of our sp- very special guests, Malcolm Kenyatta, was actually invited to the White House by Joe Biden. He was invited there to uh, visit with the president. And as you know, Malcolm Kenyatta is now, he's running for senator. Now. So we're going to play that clip here of him going to the White House because Joe Biden says some nice things about him, which is we're going to brag about it because it's kind of cool to us that the president said some positive things about a guest on our show. Representative Malcolm Kenyatta, where are you, Malcolm? Good to see you, man. And Dr. Matt Miller, they stole the show at the Democratic Convention. He's also, I think Joe Biden refers to his uh, husband or fiance. I'm not sure if, they're, if Malcolm's married or not, but um, they refer to them or his 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 fiance in that in that clip there. But that's cool. Is yeah. that not cool? Well, yeah, it's like, it's uh, what it's not even six degrees of separation. Like it's like a a degree of separation. A degree, yeah. It's like it's kind of by def- like. Like we basically got invited to the White House ourselves. I I, feel, I don't know. We're living vicariously through him for sure. Right. Oh yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. No. Like I feel like this is the greatest honor that's ever been bestowed upon me. Um, <laughs> we just need to figure out a way for us to physically get invited to the White House to meet right. with the president. Whether it's riding on his coattails or or, or somebody else's. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because I had an idea, and I was I was hoping you were going to say it, and it, you said it, and it's been said, so now it can't be unsaid. So here's 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 my thought. I have this idea. Hear me out. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me I'm a moron. Ryan, here, here you are. This is where we're trying to create good content here. It's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Now, how about this thought? What about us getting a law passed? Now, what that would require is a law that is very yeah. that everybody would agree with. Yeah, now, it has to be I, universally agreed upon. So I think the easiest way is to, is to create a holiday. So hear me out. Hear me out. And I'm gonna I'm gonna your role when I pitch this idea is to be very critical. Oh. I've thought about this as many ways as I thought possible. Play devil's advocate. Yeah, play devil's advocate, and I'll I'll tell you where you're wrong. Hopefully, because <laughs> maybe you bring up something I didn't think about. I right. don't know. Yeah. So how about this? A national pints and diplomacy day. Now here's the extent of it. Let me explain. This is a day that the United States is going to recognize as a day where Americans are encouraged by the federal government to go out to a local establishment, have a drink, beer, maybe, maybe it's a pop, maybe it's a water, whatever it is for you, and to visit with somebody of a different political party. And your goal is to find that common ground. Now. Here's where I thought things through. I thought Republicans are probably going to complain that we don't need another paid day off. So it's a holiday, but don't make it a paid day off. It's, you don't have to do that. You go to work, you leave work, and you go to happy hour. Maybe you encourage local businesses to extend happy hour by an hour, whatever it may be. Encourage maybe some drink specials for whatever it may be. But your goal is that that America is pushing for those civil conversations. Tell me what's wrong with that. Tell me where people are going to argue about that. I mean, it really <clears> – there's – Parts of it that I can get with, like, I mean, it kind of feels like a, it feels like St. Patrick's Day in a sense because you're encouraging people to go out and have a drink, and mm-hmm. that's not that's not a national holiday though, is it? I don't no, know. No, it's not. Nobody gets in. Nobody's getting a day off for St. Patrick's Day. Sure. 
I don't believe. Um, but we can still make this a national this holiday. Country. We can make a national yeah. holiday with just no day off. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. That's um, what I'm saying. Here's, okay, here's my fear. Here's, so like, as classroom teachers, um, like we go to conferences, mm-hmm. you know, not, I don't, I'm not talking about parent-teacher conferences. I'm talking about like, you go to a conference like in, in uh, you know, somewhere else to learn about your job, right? Sure. And like the worst, for me anyway, is when they're like, let's do a getting to know you activity or like okay. we have like professional development let's do a getting to know you activity let's do an icebreaker like that's everybody's big i hate icebreakers okay don't you hate icebreakers it not sounds f- like you're encouraging the no country. not a fan of not a fan of icebreakers yeah it feels no. like you're encouraging the country to do like a political icebreaker um, but would that be good for our country to, well that's not your question your question was like to be critical of the idea sure would it be healthy? Would it be good? Yeah. No, that's... Yeah, I think it'd be great if we all had a conversation with somebody that had a different opinion than us about everything that we do. It'd, it'd be good to get an outside perspective on stuff that we do. I think that'd be incredibly healthy. But, you know, our, our very special guest today, we're going to talk about... Uh, our, sorry, our very special guest today is here to talk about mental health. I feel like that would create a, a tremendous amount of anxiety for a lot of people. To Let's do a giant icebreaker. Only if you want it. <laughs> Only if you want it. Only if you want it. I mean... I'm, I'm, I listen to the complaints and like there, I have yet to hear one argument that was like completely like concrete. Like what you're saying is, yeah, some people may not want to do that. Then don't do it. So no, I do. I think it would be a good idea. Do I think it would be healthy? Yeah, absolutely. Great idea, Tyler. So I think that's something we can hinge on. We can, we can start lobbying certain individuals. Yeah. We just need some paid lobbyists and I think we're on our way. I think we're well on our way. We just, yeah. yeah. So here's something also. Another, another, no, not a good idea. This is just, I, well, this is fun to hear for me because have you ever just had that feeling where you thought something and then it becomes true like you you have this thought you manifested of, it you manifest spoken to existence whatever you want yeah. to call it the secret so in the news trump organization has been served their cfo has been indicted he's brought in and he's willing oh, to flip i thought you were i thought somebody i thought it was a dance battle no we're not My bad we're well this is a big dance here this is a this is the <laughs> big one this is the big dance formal is a formal dance because the day that this news broke, the the CFO for Donald Trump has been indicted or he was being served. He turned himself in and the reports were that he was willing to flip and all dealt with the Trump organization and their tax fraud. Is it David uh, Wallace? Is that the uh, CFO? That would be, if it was David Wallace, that may be, that'd probably be the biggest career move of his life right there. It's an office reference for people that don't. Yeah, they don't, Sorry. they're not familiar. But. What we have is uh, that same night they they release a story about Donald Trump's taxes with the Trump Trump organization. So essentially, we're du- we're going to dumb down this information because I don't necessarily know everything that's going on. But for the most part, it sounds like Donald Trump was skirting the payroll tax and skirting, uh, and his employees were skirting some taxes because he was paying for things for his employees to inevitably dodge certain taxes, which is just tax fraud, is what it is. It's not like he's the first one to invent this kind of thing. It's it's been going on, and he just basically was committing tax fraud. Now, to make matters worse, which Trump is profoundly the best at it. He's like a like a walking comedian, like disaster. Everything that he does is unreal because that night he was hosting a rally, and he, he started talking about these specific examples that were laid out about how he was committing tax fraud, and he was admitting to it. He was saying, oh, big deal. I, I, you know, I buy a car, and I didn't completely pay taxes on it, or I... I paid for somebody's, you know, my grandson's education. Yeah, well, you did that in a way that was elusive, in a way that you were trying to skirt taxes. So he literally, like, he's he's creating the, the prosecution. The prosecution is just watching his rallies at this rate. And that stuff works, like, with public opinion. We've noticed that he can say mm-hmm. whatever he wants and then turn around and deny it, and that works 
Mm-hmm. Like people are like, oh, they're f- fake news, fake news. I don't know if that'll work in in the court. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, well, it's no different than when he was running for president in 2016, and he was. They were saying, yeah, he doesn't pay as many taxes as as he nor- as as a normal millionaire would, and he's his defense was, yeah, you're right. Want to know why? Because I'm smart. Yeah, I'm, I'm smart. smart. Now, if Hillary Clinton would have said that, a whole different narrative would have been spun out of that. Right. I thought that's fascinating. We're just watching Trump implode upon himself, and which is also funny is that he just created, you know, he or not just did he created a, his own social media platform, which folded in a matter of a month or two. Won't be long now. He's he's uh, going to be reinstated, and then he can pardon himself or whatever he needs to in do. August, to get, yeah, should be reinstated in August. As and long then, as there's no conflict with a speaking engagement. Yeah, you know, Bill O'Reilly. He's never had any conflict with anything. Last thing on our on our current events list, the Republicans have revealed their midterm strategy for 2022. So basically. There's a story out there. There was a Republican who was caught on a hot mic talking about his strategy for 2022. And their whole strategy seems to be to just be the thorn inside of Democrats, essentially, for as long as they can to, to delay, 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 stop and prevent any sort of legislation that they want to pass. And the goal is once they do that, they, they want to do it through December of 2022 so they can hopefully retake Congress, which they're expected to do in 2022, uh, not even Congress, the House, and then they can just keep furthering the stop of what they call the radical leftist agenda. Now, their goal, what he said, is he wants to delay, 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 and then they want to run on the message that Democrats are ineffective in 2022. So the reason that they're ineffective would be because of what they're doing. And here's here are the quotes right here. I'll play this for you. Transportation infrastructure, right? Pelosi is just tacking hard to the left. AOC and company you saw it unfold with this whole Pelosi, Schumer, Biden's uh, you know thing on infrastructure. We have no idea where they are. So it's going to be dependent on the Senate and what um, Senator Scott is able to work out with whatever coalition he can get to get to 60, as long as 60 is the number, which is obviously something to question. I mean, honestly, right now for the next 18 months, our job is to do everything we can to slow all of that down to get to December 2022 and then get in get in, in here and leave. Does that upset you? Sadly, um, no. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty t- it sounds pretty typical. It seems pretty typical. I mean, yeah. if you go back to when Obama was president and Mitch McConnell said our, our number one priority is to make him a one-term president, mm-hmm. like if they, if they can delay, 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 and stall, 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 and then say, well, see, the Democrats were in power. They didn't get anything done. You know, then they can hope for a, a big flip of the midterm. Like, that's that's become the playbook. And yeah. that's, like... Both parties-wise. I think yeah. both have done it. They, and I don't, what's the don't sad part Democrats is... have done that, too. The sad part is, is what it does is it, in, it impedes progress for everybody, for the people. Is it shocking or surprising? No. Is it sad? Is it, you know, depressing? Yeah, because it's just another example of how government doesn't work for people. All right, Ryan, why don't you introduce our guest or talk a little bit about our guest? Okay, so uh, our guest uh, works. Yeah, our guest works at Capstone Behavioral Healthcare here in Newton, Iowa. Um, he is a licensed mental health counselor. Um, his name is Ben Lale. Yeah, rhymes with India Pale Ale. Yep, yep. Because I wasn't sure how to pronounce it, so we had mm-hmm. had that conversation. Um, but yeah, we talk a variety of topics on mental health. You know, we, we touch on a bunch of different things, uh, regarding mental health, including how the, the pandemic and political unrest and everything over the last year impacted folks' mental health. Um, we talk about the stigma attached to it because we know that there is still, um, especially with older, you know, he, he uh, will talk specifics about how the younger generation there, that it's not so much an issue, but, um, yeah, a lot of interesting topics. Um, we kind of jump all over the place, but it was, um, Really good interview, and uh, yeah, 
I think you will enjoy it. And we also spent some time diving into Jared's mental oh, health some issues. Of Jared's yeah, issues, he yes. does a really, he does a really good job of sorting the. Jared's not present, but he does a good job of sorting those issues out for Jared. So many more that we could have touched on as well. Oh, but, a yeah. bunch, but yep. out of respect for Jared, we decided to keep some of that between us. Yes. So, all right. Hope you enjoy the interview. We are here with our very special guest. Very, uh, very. Ben. Oh, I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna mess it up. Pale Ale Lale. Very good. Ben Lale. T-L-M-H-C. T-L-M-H-C. Make sure I get every letter pronounced. Uh, so Ben has worked at Capstone Behavioral Healthcare since 2019 here in Newton, Iowa. He earned a Master of, S- Master of Science degree from Capella University after earning a Bachelor of Arts degree from Drake University. He welcomes people of all ages, especially interested in helping those experiencing symptoms of grief and loss, PTSD, relationship problems, anxiety, depression, and those simply needing an objective listener. So I'm going to start off, Ben, with maybe a couple of, of uh, dumb questions right off the bat. We're, first, really, we're really good at those. Great. Yes. I love a, dumb questions. It's kind of my specialty. Fire away, man. Uh, first, TLMHC, Ben. Um, what's that? <laughs> well, first of all, it's actually licensed mental health counselor. But the T is there because my license is so new, my degree is so new, my master's, uh, that um, the first two years are a temporary status. Oh. So I don't have any uh, real reason for you guys to be asking me any questions. I got to go. Thank you. (laughs) That's fair. I appreciate that early. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Second stupid question. Yes. Is it? So you said the LMHC is Licensed Mental Health Counselor. Correct. So it's counselor, not therapist. That is true. Okay. Is there a difference? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, There's been a lot of debate about this, and it's a question of semantics. The word therapy lends itself more to like a more precise procedure, like like a procedure that you would do. Like, for instance, if we are going to talk about reducing your fear for something, it would be therapeutic for you. Like if we made the steps for you to become less afraid of flying in an airplane, let's say. That is a therapy where counseling is much more generalized. So really we go by counselor because not all counseling is therapy. Super confusing, I know. Uh, no, that's. It, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure. There's. That's probably the least confusing thing. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I was reading through your bio and I saw something really interesting. And I and I have I have to read it from here because this is interesting to me. It says you have an interest in I EMDR eye movement desensitization desensitization. I can't pronounce. Good luck, it. dude. Have you been drinking? No, I. This is a tough <laughs> word. This is okay. This is a tough word. This is a very tough word. Desensitization. Desensitization. Very nice. Uh, and reprocessing. Reprocessing. So, yes. and I, I, I had no idea what that meant. So I was doing some digging to figure out what that meant, and yes. I had to deal with like processing traumatic events. Yes. Can you tell us more about like what your involvement is with that and I how that handle how that carries itself out? Yes. Okay. So EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, is for PTSD. It's for anybody who suffers from trauma. There's lots of different kinds of trauma. We call them little T and big T. Little T is going to be your, um, well, let's say some people are neglected. Mm-hmm. Um, some people witness light, uh, you know, domestic violence, stuff like that. Sure. Big T trauma is going to be I saw somebody die, uh, you know, like, for instance, combat veterans. Okay. That's where EMDR started, by the way, with Vietnam veterans. It is a way that we use the brain's supercomputing power to adapt, and the way that happens is uh, 
Well, first of all, you have to understand that traumatic memories are stored in a different way than regular memories. And when you get something that reminds you of old trauma, it's kind of like ringing a bell. It rings throughout your whole nervous system. So what EMDR does is it uses the brains. Uh, we do this left-right thing, and because you can't see me, we like take a, uh, our hand and move it across uh, in front of a person's face. Yeah. Okay. And so it makes their eyes go left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. And there's other ways of doing that. It's called bilateral stimulation. Okay. And so what this does is the person thinks about, okay, here is a belief system that came out of my trauma, that I, something that I believe that's negative, like I can't control my life. Mm -hmm. And then they picture the old trauma, and we do this bilateral stimulation, and the brain has this incredible adaptive power to make the, the uh, emotional attachment of that just seep away. So in other words, we're turning old memories into just bad memories instead of memories that reach up and grab us today and yank us down. I'm trying to process all that. It's a lot. Yeah, no, it's, it seems almost like hypnosis in a way, like where you're trying that, to re what people think. bring up old mem or like, you know, these traumatic right. events and then. But instead of like hypnosis has to do with suggestions. Okay. EMDR is utilizing the brain's power that's already there to adapt. And so it's this incredible adaptive power that we all have. So like, let's say you were in a car crash. Okay. And it made you feel like um, you could never control anything ever again. You never, ever wanted to get in the car. So I would have you think of what was happening during that car crash. Let me, let me, you'd get some pictures and images. Of mm -hmm. it. And then we would do several s series of this bilateral stimulation. And you would just think of whatever's on top of your mind. And your brain would just start to heal itself. And you would start coming up with ideas and you'd go, ah, you know, eventually you would come to your own conclusion that this car crash had nothing to do with you. It was never, ever your fault. There's no reason to not get in a car again because the fear you had was maladaptive. We could all be a little bit scared of getting in the car. It's a little risky, but it's not overly risky. Okay. Not proportionate to what? Correct. Okay. Not proportionate. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's interesting. I just I, I was reading through that and I, I, I was talking to Ryan and I saw that and I'm like, I forget what that means. I Googled it and immediately Wikipedia popped up with a bunch of information. Yeah. And I was like, that looks insanely cool. It's a big subject and trying to explain it. Oh, uh, sure. I, I, need, I need a good um, elevator speech, but it's bilateral stimulation. We're taking memories and taking their emotional impact away. I think there's a few things I could select in my brain that would be nice to yeah, not have yeah, any yeah. emotional connection to. You know what? It, it <laughs> might be, Everybody probably has something, you know. Yes. It might be helpful to talk about what symptoms of PTSD are. So a lot of people have incredibly strong nightmares, really, really scary stuff. Okay, They wake up sweating, crying, night terrors. Mm -hmm. This is the brain trying to protect itself and express fear. Then people have intrusive thoughts. You're going throughout your day, and all of a sudden these memories of what happened to you pop up mm -hmm. and it impedes your ability to do your job or go to school or have a relationship or whatever and there's avoidant behavior too like oh i had a car crash on this parking uh parking lot mm -hmm. and now i can't go there ever again so to take all those problems away that's what emdr does okay so it removes that emotional yep. okay yeah it removes the emotional attachment lets the brain adapt so that it can go about its normal everyday thing so i have an example and i'm gonna, I'm gonna overshare here go ahead. It's, it's working do it's it, working i'm gonna overshare a little bit you, you so in theory, like when we when we label this episode it's it's gonna be 
Ryan and, and I go to therapy. You know, we, we get some help, which I think everybody probably should do at some point. Yeah, definitely. So I'm trying to make a connection to what you're saying. Okay. So when I was in college, I dated a girl for a few years, okay. very close. We broke up. She was a big Keith Urban fan. Okay. I hate Keith Urban now. <laughs> I, he comes on the radio. And I'm like, change the station. This sucks. This guy sucks. I, I come up with, I, I've created reasons why I don't like him. Some, some are valid, I think, that not no, related to her. Like but, but I don't, and it's mostly that. Yeah. So this kind of therapy would get me to disconnect him t- from her. In theory, yes. In theory, okay. I, I'm, I'm cool. I'd just rather not listen to Keith Urban in general. So I don't think I, <laughs> Keith Urban's a great guitar player. He is. Yeah. He Unbelievable. Is. I don't like giving him credit for that. Do you want to hear a true story? This is really, I, sorry, sidetrack. I, I know. I do. Uh, this is really funny. I don't know. Sometimes so I like hearing fake stories. I went too, to a so Keith Urban concert with this girl. And <laughs> at this concert, he gave out his guitar to a random person. What? Yeah, he just gave it out, signed it, whatever. He does it, apparently does it at his concerts. And fast forward like a year later, we break up, yada, yada. I go to, I get a teaching job here in Newton. Like four years later, I start dating another girl. And I go over to her house, and she's got that guitar. <laughs> She was the person Get who the got. Hell out of here. <laughs> not not... She got the guitar. Wow. She got the guitar. Yeah, and it was. So then, did you end things immediately, or like, no? It just things didn't work out. Things didn't work out. Do but... you think that soured you on? No, her, no, though? no. That wasn't it. Oh. I thought that was cool. That was awesome. Like that was worlds I colliding. I was hilarious. I don't know about awesome or cool. I, it's an incredible coincidence. Yeah, yeah right. That's, that's very that's crazy. Thirty thousand people there at that yeah. at that concert, and I, I ended up dating the. Yikes! Yeah, doesn't happen every day. That's for sure. Sure, it doesn't. You're a miracle. Yeah. Well, living, breathing. <laughs> for so. the record, I didn't like Keith Urban to begin with. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not <laughs> a fan either. Fair enough. But he's I, a great guitar player. God, yeah, you know, I can acknowledge that. Yeah. So with mental health, like I think of, um, I think of anxiety and I think of depression. Yep. And so I guess my question is like, what are the what are are those the the two most common forms of 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 mental health issues that, that folks have? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say they are. Those are just the most common, yeah. These things come in so many different forms. I mean, well, there's also a lot of misinformation out there. Um, you know, people say they're depressed and people say they're anxious, and they may not actually be experiencing symptoms of those disorders. Also, I mean, look, everybody gets a little sad. Right, mm-hmm. yep. Everybody feels anxiety, which, by the way, anxiety is technically fear about the future. It's about unknown quantities coming our way, and what we do is we project ourselves into those and uh, make ourselves live like the worst case scenario. So, we so put, like, we so it's like living every day in like the world of Fox News. Uh, but like, <laughs> is that <laughs> constant fear? Yes. So like, <laughs> exactly, you know what, Fox? Great point. Yeah. Fox News is built on <laughs> creating anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's all the shit that's going wrong. You should be afraid. You should run. You should never listen to reason yep. because hide your head in the sand. There's always yes. there's always the devil out there, that's wh- whether it's critical race right, theory, the right. immigrants across the border, or yeah. the liberal leftists that are coming to take your guns. Definitely. But when it was it's a something. pandemic, it was like, it's not real. Don't worry about it. It's not yeah, right. Deal. <laughs> it's yeah. not real. So like, if it's they're a real threat, then they're like, nah, that's cool. Yeah. Go about your business. So and, and it forces our body into fight or flight. That's what people feel. Mm-hmm. They're in fight or flight, and it's very uncomfortable. And but some of that's thinking. normal. Some is normal. So like, but w- as we're getting ready for for this interview, yeah, the equipment wasn't working right. Ah, and so like that's stressful. It's it's stress. Ten minutes. Yep. So like, is stress is that a way of saying like a healthy amount of anxiety or yeah. like how, 
Okay. And and situational stuff. So there's a couple different things here. Situational stress means, yeah, you know, look, I'm having a hard time dealing with this or this or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. My phone doesn't work. I got to get some information. So it's uncomfortable. Anxiety is technically, like I said, fear. But the, the standard that we got to meet, okay, in the mental health field, we're talking about impeding my ability to do something. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, wh- whether you're in school or you're in a relationship or you're working, if, if all of a sudden you can't do those things, if they reach a debilitating level, that's when we're in the clinical world. But a little bit is normal. And anybody who thinks, hey, man, I feel a little bit of fear. I feel a little anxiety. I need meds. I need counseling. Maybe not. Would I, would I be off base? Would it be off base for me to say that the majority of Americans are probably, well, I'm just going to say Americans, but the majority of Americans probably have some sort of benefit to gain from going to a therapist? Oh, my God, yes. Because you don't have to have anxiety or depression or anything else to go to see a counselor. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just need an objective listener. And maybe that's even more powerful sure to have somebody who is not emotionally connected to you or your family or your stratosphere in any way mm-hmm. to be able to give a good objective look at it and go hey man you know you're not uh you're not off base here meet kind of like a mediator almost yeah. some third party coming in and third party that's it it's all tech it's all connected to politics third party coming <laughs> in to just kind of mediate things a little bit level out the playing field a little you right know, it all works so I wrote down in my notes because I saw on your bio, and this is intriguing to me. It says you have a special interest in uh, relationship problems. I do. Now, what about a lack of the ability of getting into a relationship? Do you have an expertise <laughs> in that? Do, is I'm, this, uh, is this connected to you? So there's a third not, person that's supposed okay, to be here. We're going to pin all of our problems on him. <laughs> okay. And he's not supposed to be here. So his name's Jared. So we're say Jared, Jared is having relationship issues. Okay. How how would how would you go, like if somebody came in to sit down with an appointment for you and was just yeah. saying, you know, I'm having these issues, it's yeah. feeling lonely or whatever it may be, how do you start a normal session like that? Woo, how would I start? Well, first of all, I mean, I'm going to have a session or two to get to know Jared. Okay. So I'm going to have some information about him and his life and his upbringing, okay? And I would say, oh, man, I'm going to put out a number. I would say at least 80, if not 90%, of all of our relationship issues start when we're very, very young because mm-hmm. they're connected to how we interacted with our parents in the first place. So oh, God. Yeah. There's a really, really helpful theory out there. You can check it out. You can look it up. Okay. And it's simply called attachment theory. Okay. And uh, Ryan's making some notes. <laughs> <laughs> and briefly, okay, so there was studies done, I think they started in the 70s, about how mothers and babies relate to one another. There's a really great video called the still face video where a woman okay. has her baby and uh, you know they mimic each other, the baby reaches out, the mom reaches back, and then mom goes still, right? Her face goes blank. And the baby goes through these gyrations of you know, first they're confused, then they start to panic, then they start to scream, and mm-hmm. it's really kind of hard to watch. Anyway, all of this, how we relate to our parents, mostly mom, um, what ends up happening is the child is dysregulated when it comes to emotions. So what that means is I can't flip from anger to happiness quickly. I get stuck in a certain emotion, emotional state. Okay. And attachment theory says everybody has to be nurtured up to a certain standard to reach this ability to um, emotionally regulate. Okay. And then... They took it further and said, you know what? 
I bet this applies to romance. And Ooh. by God, you'd be shocked. Uh, <clears throat> and by the way, there's all these different um, profiles. Everybody's got a profile, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if you're an avoider or uh, a pleaser or a fearful avoider. Oh, God. I want to. I moved. know. You got to check it out. It, <coughs> this is incredibly helpful stuff. So if you know what you are, what profile you belong to, and your partner, it just explains a ton about how people relate. You, you referenced specifically to Jared's relationship problems, how you would tackle that. Uh, is that kind of how um, Did you I would even open? even say how I would tackle this? Well, just sure. like to, to start, you would spend a, maybe a session or at least probably two sessions yeah. just getting to know. The, yeah. So is that for any reason somebody comes in to see you? Yes. Like that's what, how you're spending the majority of the Definitely. time the first two sessions? Oh, like yeah. How, let's find out about their upbringing, find out about the childhood, the parenting. But uh, Absolutely. Okay. Um, the, the client counselor relationship, is really based on trust and getting to know one another and feeling comfortable because if a person's right. not comfortable in my office, they're not going to talk and we're not going to get to any real issues. So does d- does it ever happen where somebody will come in for a session or two and then you just don't see them again because oh, there's yeah. a have you ever on the other end of it have you ever said to somebody like I'm not sure that this is going to work mm-hmm. would you like is or is that not Yeah, I've had people who are under the influence and uh, I get a little bit my hackles go up a little bit on that and i say hey man um next time do you think you could come in without drinking or smoking any weed first those dudes tend to disappear i say dudes i think it's only happened with guys so yeah it has to be a good there has to be a connection there of some type in order to really get anything accomplished yeah i'm pretty forgiving myself personally and uh but when people are under the influence i'm not getting the real them right so i got to get to the real got to get to the real yeah, person if you're really going to be able to help them yeah yep that I, makes tr- sense. I try to give them a break because I, I i also believe in you know addiction as uh, a medical the medical model mm-hmm. of of addiction which is you know you're born with this and so uh Nobody's ever blaming anybody for having alcoholism or drug addiction. However, it is your responsibility to take care of it. I have a I have a million questions I want to ask. Most of these are probably just good time about for Jared. Or yeah, well, no, I will maybe I don't know. I was I had some thoughts to to share out there, but I think more importantly, what I think we brought you here for was to talk about the stigma of mental health. Indeed, and I think I kind of alluded to it earlier when we uh, when I mentioned people not being interested in in therapy and how to draw people in but i i had this thought if you were to survey everybody in our country mm-hmm. and say how many of you have sought out therapy in your life at all once and you took all the answers that said no everybody that said no i have not how many of them do you think are lying because of that stigma where they they it's almost like in our country maybe it's on other countries but it feels as if if you admit to seeing a therapist yeah. you're weak right that's a sign of weakness right i, I don't know the answer to that i i think that you're asking how many people have checked it out and aren't admitting it, yeah. or how many there's, people I mean, I'm just want a, to? I think it's more just the the, just just the, the point, the idea yeah. that there's probably a lot of people that would lie about it because of that reasoning. Definitely. L- let me answer that question by saying this. Since COVID, we have seen a huge uptick in people just coming to the company I work for mm-hmm. for services. Huge. And the trend that we recognized right off the bat was people who are approaching services under the premise of being upset or like depressed pretty much by, you know, this whole COVID thing that's happened. Mm -hmm. Mostly isolation and depression. Yeah. 
really, they should have come and gotten mental health services 25 freaking years ago yeah. because of trauma, because of uh, whatever, man, relationship problems, whatever. But COVID provided like a cover, you know, oh. it, it provided an excuse. Yeah. So people are coming in saying, yeah, I'm really upset because of COVID. I got depression. And then I find out that they were friggin' molested when they were eight. They should have been in 20 freaking years ago. Yeah. Wow. So. Is that the silver lining of COVID? Maybe people are seeking out. I mean, you don't want to yeah, try to find a silver lining in something like that. Definitely. But people are seeking out help that they need now. Yeah. Finally, and they have. They got that excuse to right. blanket over it. Yeah. Wow. And I would also say this, that younger people, especially I'm going to go with, I don't know, let's say 22 and under right now, are coming in because, like, the stigma doesn't uh, – I see a lot less stigma with them. The Gen, awesome. Gen Zers, is that what they would call them? I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're – I guess we call the woke population, the new generation. <laughs> generation forward. woke. Yeah, they're the ones that are – they don't care about – they just – Yeah. They, they're more worried about me. Let's – not to be selfish, but yeah. they're like, I understand the importance of my health yeah. and my mental health. Let's get it taken care of. Right. Well, I th- the internet is probably, and like social media, they share yeah. everything. Yep. So there's probably just a lot less mm-hmm. fear about the just sharing mm-hmm. just about any. Because I know like in the school setting, yeah, we hear kids tell us just about everything and, and yeah. anything more than we want to know a lot of times. <laughs> so, I w- yeah, that makes actually makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. I was going to ask, did, I was going to ask if COVID caused like a that uptick or caused that but that's interesting that you said like that provided the the cover or the shield yeah. or whatever yeah. uh, to make it a safe opportunity for right. people to to because everybody's on board you know mm-hmm. everybody can look at covid i mean it's a universal truth now that this thing happened and and everybody was isolated so it affected everyone so everyone gets it so nobody is ever going to raise an eyebrow if you say, man, I've been really like, man, I've been freaking out. You know, I'm so isolated. I've been so alone and it's making me depressed, man. I don't even want to get out of bed. Everybody gets like, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. And then they come in. Well, man, that's just scratching the surface. Right. Really, they need it. But but you know what? That's happened. That happens all the time anyway. I get approached by clients who come in for a certain reason, but there's all these other issues that are underneath that they didn't even maybe didn't realize or uh, didn't, uh, you know, thought it wasn't worth mentioning, maybe. Sure. So you mentioned COVID being this universal truth. Yeah. And so this is going to segue terrifically into a a question I had written down. I agree. COVID is absolutely a a universal truth that happened. I know people that have had it. My mom had COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we all know somebody that has had COVID or maybe even somebody that died of COVID. 600,000 people, you know, you're going to, that's going to trickle down at some point. Right. However... I, I don't know if it is a universal truth because ah. there are that there's that there is that segment of a population that right. believes it's a hoax. Okay. And I'm not going to say they're Trump supporters. I'm going to say they're QAnon followers. Okay. So I guess my, my question is then, do you think that maybe down the road or maybe now we know that this cult following with QAnon, mm-hmm. is there some lingering mental health issue, some trauma in their life to where that, that gets, makes them more susceptible to f- falling into that crazy nonsensical crowd that believes these wild conspiracy theories about like Oprah sex trafficking children with right. Hillary Clinton to drink their blood underneath <laughs> these tunnels. Right. Like, what is, is there some sort of lingering issue there potentially that we may uncover at some point? God, man, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that makes things more sense. It make more sense for us. It would, that would, that would help me 
explain why people aren't on board? Uh, unfortunately, I think this is more of a social issue, and I think this is more getting back to the environment in which we're raised and the kind of culture we are brought up within. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you know, if mom and dad are saying we're not going to seek, um, you know, w we don't value education, higher education, where we value um, the sentiment between our family, superstition, um, tradition, go for the military. What? You're too good for the military? All of your family went in the military. That kind of, and, and I'm not, I'm not getting on the military here. Um, I'm, I'm talking about a mindset and it is multi, multi, multi-generational, mm -hmm. where that, I think, is a stronger line, a, a delineation between what's going on out there, uh, you know, people believing one thing as opposed to another. In other words, if you belong to a group of people, a larger culture outside of your family that values higher education and truth-seeking and fact-finding and let's dig down and let's take our personality and set it off to the side okay. and look for some facts that's evidence-based yeah which mm, there's a trigger word yeah science yeah <laughs> i mean this is getting outside of the scope of mental health a little bit but that's what i see that's yeah. what i see personally well, i mean there's got to be some sort of explanation as to why this individual who nobody knows they don't know who, who Q is. They, yeah. don't, they just see these random drops. They're so drawn to this one individual in Trump and that him being this savior. Yeah. And it's causing them to lose a lot of their relationships with their family. Yeah. I've, I've heard countless stories of people getting turned away from their family because they, they're buying into this idea of QAnon and how Trump's going to be reinstated in August. Yeah. And there's a million conspiracy theories right. out there about it. Right. But how do you do that in a way that motivates people to literally try to overthrow our, our, our democracy. It's, it's crazy to think that yeah. that's how it happened. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't Al-Qaeda. It wasn't the Taliban. It wasn't right. some guy wearing a turban trying to hijack a plane that was trying to overthrow. It was, it was people within our own, own this borders. It was an inside job. Yeah. And it was something that the department of, I think, uh, human DHS or not DHS, um, some part of our government, <laughs> they, they wrote a report and it was like, White supremacy is yeah. our biggest threat in our yeah. country right now. And yeah. people look at that and like, no, 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 it's, that's crazy. Who did 9-11, right? And yeah. no, that's not the point. Look at Timothy McVeigh. Look at the Charleston shooter. Look at, yeah, it's right. how do you dissuade that many people? Mm. That's, you think there's a reason. Yeah. Fractured um, information, you know, mm -hmm. information sources. That's all I can say. No, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Social media probably plays a large role. Algorithms within social yeah. media. And I mean, if you only listen to Fox News and the kind of stuff that, you know, Rush and uh, Alex Jones or whatever these guys are saying, if, if those are your only news sources, you're going to believe something that's so far one way uh, in comparison to, you know, if you're only listening to like the Washington Post and the L.A. Times and CNN, you're going to get different streams of information. But for, for, you know, the mental part of it, I think this comes back to a sociological thing where I love sociology. Yeah. I love it. It's how do groups, large groups of people function and uh, who listens to whom exactly. So, you know. We're listen if we're listening to family and friends and they're they have disinformation they have information that's just wrong, there's no way to get in there and change that and help people see like what's real. Mm -hmm. You're you're you just touched on like several issues. So one of my favorite classes I ever took at, at 
oh. in college. It's, that to me yeah. is like a big answer for a lot of like, if you, people want to understand the root cause of what's going on, yes. understand sociology, yeah. how groups of people interact with each other. Right. That's, that explains a lot of things. Yeah. And we even watched a clip about Alex Jones mm. going on his, his infamous tirade about the government putting chemicals in the water to turn the freaking frogs freaking gay. Frogs I gay. love <laughs> that. And he gets all worked up. He's like, ah, 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 and he's like, pound his. I have conversations with, with people like this often. Okay. But they have schizophrenia. <laughs> so should. <laughs> yeah. So that's. So, ooh, so, and they're the ones that are talking about Alex Jones and like these crazy conspiracy theories. Definitely. Wow. That's breaking news right there. <laughs> Yikes. That's all I'm going to say about it. I, wow. I, I do see a little bit of um, an overlap there. Okay. Should study that and release a like a peer reviewed study and yeah. post it. Evidence based. That would be an excellent um, research yeah, it would topic be. right there. Somebody's, I mean, I'm sure somebody's got to be working on their thought of that at some point because you would think. it's a They'd be more period. than willing to share their views on stuff, too. They're pretty outspoken yeah. <laughs> people that buy into that stuff. Yeah. Seems yeah. to be anyway. Yep. Ryan, you got a question? Well, sorry. Um, I was, no, I was, no. I was that was, I feel like my next one. I'm about to, get, I'm going to bring it. Oh. Um, well, I mean, that was kind of fun and funny or entertaining a little bit. Uh, I mean, it was serious, but it's enter- and it's sad, I guess, too. But anyway, so I, uh, as a teacher, we're both teachers. We're obviously not trained to to deal with with folks with mental health issues. Um, so my question is, how can the average person help somebody, whether it's like us in our classrooms or if it's just you're out in public and somebody's in a mental health crisis? Because like if uh, somebody's choking, we know what to do. Right. If somebody goes down, uh, can't breathe, like we know to give them CPR. Like we know how to do uh, administer first aid. Yeah. But how do we? How do? How does somebody administer like mental health first aid? Yeah. Uh, to somebody that's in crisis. Right. Great question. Um, it depends on a few things, and uh, I would say the short answer is join people in their reality. So we were talking about schizophrenia a minute ago. If somebody's in a psychotic break, okay, this is pretty. This is pretty severe. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, this is a really severe uh, example. If somebody's in a psychotic break. The mistake people m- make is trying to tell them, "No, no, no, you're in. Uh, you know, you're sitting in the park, and everything's fine." Um, what the schizophrenic is experiencing doesn't have anything to do with that. It's their reality. So you need to join them in their reality. So it's what? Where are you? What are you experiencing? You know, tell me about it. In other words, joining another human being is kind of at the basis of, of counseling in the first place, right? I'm here for you. I got your back. You're safe with me. What are you experiencing, man? Are you flying through space right now? Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You know, the cat people are talking to me. There's gay frogs here, and I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of the gay frog. Alex Jones's gay frogs are here. So you say, man, you know what? I hear you. I'm scared too, brother. That's extreme, though. On a, on a less extreme basis... People need to know that they have someone to talk to, that they have someone to share it with, and that, that you, can, you can join them. This is the nature of empathy, right? So here's a good rule of thumb. There's this technique that, uh, well, not a technique, this is a, a phenomena that happens. It's called the silver lining technique, okay? <clears throat> this is bad. The silver, tec- silver lining technique is bad. If you are going through a thing, like let's say, Ryan, you say, I lost my dog. And I'm very sad. A truly empathetic person would say, Ryan, I understand, and I have lost a dog too, and I totally understand how you're feeling. I'm looking you in the eye right now, and I'm saying, like, sincerely, man, I get it. 
but what a lot of people do is this thing where they're uncomfortable with their own emotions. So what they do is silver line it, and they say something like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, but you'll get another dog someday. What I've done is let myself off the hook emotionally. I'm uncomfortable joining Ryan in his sadness, so I let myself off the hook, giving myself permission to walk away. So in a larger context, I think that's what we're really talking about here. When somebody's going through something, they need to feel joined. Okay. I get it. They have to have somebody who gets it and is willing to say, I'm, I'm willing to sit down in this depression with you, and we can look for an answer together. As you, as you said, that, what, that part about the, the bad response, I mm-hmm. thought, like, I was giving you that look, like, who the hell would say that? Like, what an <laughs> asshole. Like, some person's grieving over here, exactly. and you're just like, oh, you'll get another dog. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, cool. like, You'll get another dog. She'll be all right. Jeez. There'll be another. Well, Tyler yikes. or Jared, there'll be another girl. Another girl. Yeah, there'll be another, another woman will come yeah, along. Jared is, there's another Keith Jared. Urban fans yeah. out there waiting for <laughs> There's plenty of them. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah. So oh. let's say uh, Jared's a school teacher. Yeah, Jared. Okay. He's not. I'm so Jared's, Jared's a school. So, oh, oh. He's not Jared's the subway guy. Wait, he's Jared? a different guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we we're we'll disavow Jared from Subway. He's okay. gotten some legal trouble. Yeah. We're gonna disavow him. Yeah. He had some issues. I, I believe did. some underage girls kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. there's he had some legal problems. Yeah. So, so. yikes. Um He's not eating fresh anymore. He's no, straight so. out of prison. <laughs> cool. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I'm, so okay. This is me. I'm not going to even pretend as Jared because this is this. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, pretending. What do you mean? So, student comes to me, tells me, "Here's what I'm dealing with." Yeah. And my response is, I don't run from my emotions. <laughs> I get emotional, and like I, I get right in there with them. And a lot of time, I will get choked up. I'll get emotional. I'll nice. start crying. No, okay. it's uh, I hate it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't hate like. What what, what happens to that kid when you do that? I th- I think they feel they feel safe they feel yeah. like i care they feel connected they, they feel, feel validated yeah like they're not crazy you know like right. they are, uh, what they're doing is not an isolated they, they don't feel as isolated somebody gets me and i tell them like because i always say like man that's 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 tough like yeah. and i'll i don't ever try to say like i understand or like because i i don't know their connection like um uh a uh, student, uh, ha- his dad had health issues yeah. and like my dad's had health issues, but not that health issue. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, holy smokes, man, yeah. that's, that's a lot. That's heavy stuff. Yeah. And like, I got choked up and like, I was, I basically said like, dude, I'll stand here with you and nice. I'll cry right with you. <laughs> um, so I mean, is that, I mean, is that, is I get, I, I'm not trying, t- I'm not, that's not what I'm, I don't, I'm not like, Okay, so if I work up some tears, yeah, yeah, no. like it's not an approach. It's just who, how I am and who I am. Yeah, is that being genuine? Yeah, you're being genuine, right? People and you know, kids have this uncanny ability to like bullshit see detectors. Yes, yeah, they're really good at They'll it. They'll see through that crap. Yeah, and so what you did was absolutely human. Okay, good job. Okay, ah, now you. look, if somebody's kid dies, uh, somebody's uh, parent dies of cancer, and your parents never died of cancer, well, okay, but you can also say, um, look, I, I, I have never been through that before, but I can only imagine what you're feeling, man. Right. And I can tell that you're really upset, and, and and I feel that, man. And I, you know, so it's okay to not have the answer. Yeah, yeah, but just to, to I think you kind of said like to get get where they're at, like yeah. join them in that mm-hmm. their reality. Yeah. And don't try to minimize or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because even if it's, you know, 
something that you think's dumb, like, um, I don't know, maybe they had a plant that they forgot to water. Now it died. And they're really upset about it. Again, we're joining their reality. My personal opinion is one thing. Ah, it's just a freaking plant. But that's not helpful to them. It's not joining them. It's not living mm-hmm. in their uh, emotion. Now, since we're talking about joining realities, how can I join Marjorie Taylor Greene's reality? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's going to take a psychotic break, I'm pretty sure. Uh, she's, I, into, I don't she's into CrossFit. Do I need to get into CrossFit? You certainly could. It, 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 that wouldn't hurt. It would probably make me look better you, and feel better. You might feel better. I don't, I don't think, think your mind will go where hers goes because <laughs> you're just so. not built that way. No, she's built different. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, do you see? Th- I, I had a question. Sorry to backtrack. That might be an editing nightmare for we'll you, s- or I'm you sorry. might just leave it alone. We'll, we'll but do you think there's a greater stigma for men than with women? Great question. I think so. Yeah. I mean, my gut reaction is yes, because especially in America, you know, we grow up with this uh, bullshit idea that men are supposed to what? Not cry. Yeah. We're not here. Don't play with dolls. Macho, yeah. macho man. man. <laughs> of course, you know, the people who sang that were gay, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how convenient. Of course. Of course. Oh, God. Just because you're gay doesn't mean you cry, I guess. No. Yeah. And here's what I, in, in all seriousness, you know, when I. Talk to guys who come to counseling. You know, we have this brief conversation about every human being has the same range of emotions. Now, there are different cultural factors if you look all around the world, but everybody feels the same thing. And, you know, that leads into a conversation about what are you doing with your anger? You know, uh, what is anger, by the way? It's fear, by the way. Uh, So, you know, fear <clears throat> is is built up in people. And so anybody who's avoiding anger isn't processing it. Processing is healthy. That means I'm feeling my emotions and I'm getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, avoiding and stuffing, that's bad, man. <clears throat> so we start to look for examples. Like, you know, um, I'm like, okay, do you express your emotions? No. Do you have anger outbursts? Yeah. How's that going for you? <clears throat> Not <Bad>. good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's it going to take to get you to do something differently? That's how that conversation goes. Does I've, I, I don't know where I read this or, or heard this somewhere along the way, that a lot of times in men, depression will show itself as, as anger issues. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. Again, anger, uh, you know, we can make a pretty strong case that anger is thinly veiled fear. It's all about fear. So, you know, let's go back to caveman days. If the saber-toothed tiger is coming to the cave and threatening to take a person away or steal all our food, we're all going to pick up our sticks and our spears and our rocks and go, ah, and show our warrior face. Mm -hmm. That's not anger. That's fear. I'm just protecting my family and my food source and my fire and all those kinds of things. A hurt dog will holler. Yeah. I heard that a few weeks ago on C-SPAN, actually. I love that. Hurt dog will holler. (laughs) Yeah. Once it reaches a point where, you know, uh, again, we're back to our old thing of, you know, do I reach a point where I can't function anymore? I'm having trouble doing my job. I'm having trouble with my relationship. All these things start to break down. You know, you just start stop functioning. People just stop functioning. It's like a an engine that's not getting any oil. It just is going to start to seize. So that person is really overcome by emotion. But what's on the outside? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Just like a blank, you know, I'm just laying there. I can't get out of bed. So it happens in women, too, but I def- that's definitely more of a guy thing. I had a question about alternative uh, treatments, mm. and I know, like, we've already talked, or I don't know if we talked about this on while we're recording or if this was, like, something that we talked about before. 
you're not uh, you're not writing prescriptions and stuff for folks. You're that's not Correct. your um, your area. But I was curious if you had an opinion about the use of like uh, marijuana uh, mm-hmm. or uh, shrooms to deal with uh, or to help combat mental health issues. Yeah. It is a, uh, that's a big subject. And personally, as a practitioner, I do not recommend any of those things. However, lots of my clients are going to use marijuana in so to self-medicate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because people find things that work and then they want to stick to them. Yep. So, I mean, how do you argue with that? Um, I've had plenty of friends. I mean, going way back, like in the 90s, I had friends who I learned later were really suffering from bipolar disorder, right? Used to call it manic depression, okay? It's it's up, mania, a week or two of manic uh, behavior and feelings and thoughts and everything, and then a couple few weeks of, like, total massive depression. And how do you punish somebody who finds that when they're in mania, you know, alcohol and marijuana helps them helps to kind of tamp them down. And then when they're in that depression, they find stuff like cocaine or meth and these uppers to kind of bring them up, up out of that. How do you argue with that? I totally understand that that's what people do. It's human nature to seek and find something that works. Um, so when it comes to, I, I mean, alcohol, like no way, but uh, it's a depressant, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Um, alcohol is a depressant. If you drink it, you're going to feel more depressed. Period. Especially about 8 a.m. the next day. I didn't look at you. 8 a.m. the next day, especially. Like, this is worthless. This is, uh, what was I doing? the alarm goes off. I, I had a friend yeah. who was drinking, you know, 30-some of, of, of those a day, right? And he's like, oh, dude, I'm depressed. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're drinking 30 doses of a depressant every day, you f***head. Of course you're <laughs> depressed. So... Okay, so my official answer is there is research coming, especially on cannabinoids, mm-hmm. uh, CBD products, THC. There's research coming. You can find a lot of research that says this will never help you. It 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 spikes people's anxiety. It kills their depression. I mean, it makes their depression worse. Uh, it can make a psychotic break. And then there's other articles that say, oh, man, I've been using this forever. Uh, so man the jury's still out that's that's what i'm saying i think that's what the research will show it's just it just depends kind of thing i I mean i don't want to speculate but tons and tons of people use marijuana products and they love them and they'll never stop Mm -hmm. according to them um is that working it's working for them i guess i mean if they say they're happy and they love it ah, what am i gonna say well it's illegal okay um whatever when it comes to psychedelics though uh, I can point listeners to um, research that's being done right now at Johns Hopkins. They've got really, really good. Uh, smoke pot with Johnny Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to quote that movie. Sloan <laughs> I had Kettering. to do it. Sloan. It was Johnny well, Hopkins and well, Sloan, Sloan Kettering. Kettering. We're blazing that shit up all day. Oh, yeah, Sorry. right. <laughs> Step Brothers. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, go ahead. Um, those guys, uh, if, you, if you just Google, you know, Johns Hopkins psychedelic therapy research, mm-hmm. um, there's lots of research. What's going to happen with that? I have no idea. Probably not a whole lot in Iowa because I think the general consensus in Iowa is that yeah. science isn't important. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever science Different says, issue. yeah, it's it's all about whatever the church says. Yeah, see, that's what yeah. I was talking about earlier with you know these like multi generational ideas mm-hmm. of like we don't trust the outside, we trust tradition, mm-hmm. we trust what grandma says, not what some freaking hippie in yeah. Berkeley 
who's doing his science study. He's a right. whole wheat right. granola eater. Right. <laughs> Which is to me is insane because they like to cite, well, you know what? We were founded on a Christian nation. Yeah. Uh, not not really. <laughs> okay. Not really. If you look like if you, if you read reads. anything written from like the founding father, I believe it was like George Thomas Washington. Jefferson was, he questioned. Oh yeah. They all did. Yeah. Almost, almost yeah. all of them did. They were raised in an era that dealt with, like they they were raised Christian, where you get burned sect. at the stake if you question yeah. things. But I, I, I want to say it was were, like George. They were questioning things. George yep. Washington, I think it was him. I could get this wrong, but it was one of the founding fathers refused to receive communion in his adult life. Wow. Wait, what? I didn't. I didn't. Whoa! I didn't know that. Well, yeah. Again, it might not have been George. It was some. It was a founding father. Ryan just dropped his pen. Yeah. <laughs> well, like they had this. There was a a big movement. I can't remember the name of it right now. There's a big. Like it's almost a spiritual thought or just a thought movement going through about the Great Awakening. In a way, it was like these founding fathers were starting to understand the damages religion could bring down the road, and so they're like, you know what? Maybe holding, you know, building, being a Christian nation, and it's that thought doesn't even check out anyways because we were founded on religious freedom, number one overall. Like, but we care now. Obviously, mm. we care now very heavily. Um. So. Thank you for joining us. I, I do Absolutely. have I do have one more question. Sure. I think this is more of a plug to I think the whole point of our episode, I think, is um what are we usually give we usually give our guests that are running for office like an elevator pitch. Uh, give them time for that. So what we want to give you is is more of a for the people out there that maybe are listening or and, and we'll cut this up to throw some splurbs of it out, I guess, to people so they get some little okay. bits of information. But there's there's that stigma. If somebody's on the fence about going to see a, a therapist, what is there a phone number they should call? Is there like some information that you would give them? Like what what is your advice to them to make it as non-threatening as possible? To make it as non-threatening. go <laughs> <laughs> or else. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Just get in there and start talking. I, you know what, man? I think the best advice is to just. Ask yourself, what's it going to hurt? Okay. What's holding me back from going to talk to a mental health counselor? What's holding mm. me back, really? The truth. The truth hurts. Mm. Fear is the biggest motivator. We know that. Mm -hmm. Just ask Donald Trump. He's sure. a mastermind. He is. Fear is the biggest motivator. So what's holding you back from going to talk to somebody? If you go to a web, if you just do a Google search for who provides mental health services in your area, for instance... And just read a little bit about what people's expertise is. And see if anything jumps out to you. Mm -hmm. See if you can see yourself in any of this. I would say that's probably the best thing. Read a little bit and see if you can see yourself in these blurbs, like the one you guys read on mine, you know. Mm -hmm. Do I really have relationship problems? Am I suffering from something? Do I feel like crap? Do I not want to get out of bed? Why? Come talk to us about it. You're saying those, like, struggling to get out of bed, those kinds of things. And I, and I just immediately thought to, are, do you have TikTok? I don't. You don't? Okay. I'm old, man. You guys are like, yeah. I, I add your guys' ages together and I'm older than I that. Sh I mm. shouldn't have TikTok. You don't think, you say no to that? that he, no, I don't think he's The math, bad. the math on that? Yeah, no, there's no. How old are you, Ben? I'm not that old. I'm two years old. We, we'll bleep that no out. No kidding. Yeah. I never would have guessed that. Thank you. I take very good care you, of myself. How old are you, Ryan? I'm 42. Oh, are you 40? Wow, see, I thought you were a lot younger. Yeah, thank you. It's because you're so you fucking immature. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's real. That's a real thing. Love it.
I thought you guys were both 25, and I was going to be like, 25? I'm older. Uh, no, oh, you're 20. So you, you already said, said you were 20. 29. 29, 29 yeah. 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 God dang it. Um, well, I frequent TikTok. Ryan does as well. I send him TikToks every so often. Don't you? You have it. He does. I just don't, he, like don't let him fool you. Um, I can admit that I've gone to mental health uh, counseling, but I don't want to admit to <laughs> yeah. well, TikTok. Right? <laughs> so I've, I've seen a lot of TikToks like this recently. Because as you know, TikTok is just one big algorithm. You watch videos. It measures how long you watch them. So oh. they know it tailors it to you. Gotcha. Makes sense. Probably terrible for society. Now, I've noticed uh, several times Definitely. I've received a TikTok. It's like this girl that's dancing. She's like... <laughs> yeah, and there's like some beat. And, but the, yeah. yeah, but then there's... Word, yeah, this is horrible radio. If you were, if you could see me, this would make more sense. <laughs> He's dancing, folks. There's, um, there was a uh, text over it, and it says, like, if you're watching this video, you have found the mental health TikTok. Ah, all right. And you should see therapy. Oh, yeah, And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit. That's a song. <laughs> is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Is that reason enough for me to go see therapy? Like, did I? Is I mean, I feel like TikTok like diagnosed wow. me in a way. I don't know, man. The did algorithm. They? The, the algorithm, algorithm has curated that, my how? selection and told me. The algorithm is gonna get you. The it's algorithm is gonna get you. Been, feel the I've algorithm been, of the Congos. <laughs> I've been got. I've been got. I, I've, I just. I was. I thought that was interesting. Huh. How, there's but a lot of those what? videos. You do bring up a, a a valid point, though, and that is that uh, society's changed a lot. Everything has gone to digital mediums and uh, uh, social media. And you know what? There are tons of great mental health apps. Mm-hmm. So Google those. Sure. And take a look at those. And, um, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of them. I don't want to endorse one or the other because I don't know enough about them. But um, kids are getting a hold of those, and some of them are really great. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, talk about a, uh, um, you know, in the old days we would say a security blanket, right? Something that I can hang on to. So, you know, if your phone has a good mental health app and you feel comfortable with that, that's great. That's a great start. But it's kind of like trying to learn the piano without a teacher, though, too. You know, you can ha- you can buy yourself a piano and dink around on it and learn some stuff, but wouldn't it be better to have some guidance? Yeah, absolutely, because I'm going to need a lot yeah. of that. I'm going to need a lot of that for a piano. The, thank you for so much for joining us. We appreciate this. We I guess like the goal of this episode was to kind of highlight the importance of mental health because nice. it's important for everybody. It sure is. I want to thank you guys for inviting me. Uh, yeah. This is good for me also to develop a, uh, a better elevator speech. You know? yeah. um, <laughs> I'm not the soundbite guy, I'm realizing, so, uh, you know. Got to get that slick, uh, polished product put together. That would be maybe. fake, though. Yeah, you dropped yeah, some good lines in there. You, you dropped I, some I good lines. So. That, was, that was good. I hope you can cut up some of that and oh, make yeah. it uh, listenable. Oh, it's going to be very listenable. Worthy. It'll yeah. be worth it. Well, thanks again, guys. I appreciate yeah. talking about uh, you know just the profession and the field in general. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. All right, that was our interview with Ben Lale. Uh, Ryan, why don't you start off with some... Takeaways, or one takeaway that you had from that interview, quick. So the biggest uh, has to do with the stigma attached to it. Uh, you know, we're, we're a little late, I guess, on timing-wise. Last month uh, was Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, there were several breweries in the state of Iowa, uh, including Brightside, Barntown, Alluvial, Big Grove, House Divided, uh, Dimensional Brewing. Uh, but, yeah, there are several of them, um, and they all kind of got together. As, a, as part of a bigger, there was a bigger... Um, thing going on there but they the, in the state of Iowa um, and there may have been more and if, if there were I apologize for not naming those but um, they they did a did a beer called not hopefully I get this right things we don't say yep and uh, just to try to to 
to get people having the conversation and talk about it because mental health is something that there's a like we said there's a stigma attached to it especially with men but that you know how the 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 pandemic and all these things that are going on gave people an excuse to go talk about and deal with uh, some of the underlying mental health issues that they had um um but yeah the that um yes he acknowledged that there is a stigma um, and also, like I said, I thought it was really cool that these local breweries were doing some stuff uh, uh, to try to bring about that conversation because they, you know, I reached out to somebody who who said like their their brewery in particular, you know, they they all had some kind of a connection to somebody with some mental health issues and and thought it was a, a worthwhile cause and, and just to get that conversation started. So, sure. yeah, that was, I thought was really, really, um, really, really cool, really, really timely pat on the back to us for for, you know, having having the conversation and. Um, yeah, you'll so. self pat on the back. Yep, yep. I got, I got, I, I that. gave myself two pats. Um, so that's a good point. Uh, one thing I, I think I thought was interesting is normally when I think of therapists, I think of my mind goes to like TV. You have people with like glasses, dress really nice, and they're sitting there and they, you know, they're writing in their notes and and they're very almost like an elitist kind of individual. And so judgy, yeah, judgy. Yep. And definitely, if you I mean you listen to every that's exa- not that you don't get that vibe at all. No. From Ben, so no. I think that just kind of puts into perspective, which is nice. It makes it more humane, more more human, more realistic as to what actually goes on. It's not what what's portrayed in movies, so less intimidating might be the the theme or the the phrase. More to go relaxed, with there. More, more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just human. He wants to get to know you. He just wants to know who you are. Yep. And to see try what to makes help you tick. Yeah. Exactly. Try so to make it's a connection. Very non threatening. So I thought that was a nice takeaway. It was kind of just challenged my traditional beliefs. Um, so that's nice. Now, last thing we have here for you, we're going to do a little spin zone. We have a couple articles. Uh, I have an article I'm going to read. Ryan has an article he's going to read. He's going to spin zone it. We're going to spin zone those. And I might try help. I might spin zone his article. He may spin zone my article too. This is just a way to show you that how the media can kind of twist things a little bit. So, so Ryan, what's what's your article? Why don't you read the headline and who it came from? Yeah, so uh, I got my article off Raw Story. Uh, the headline is Mike Lindell's lawsuit that he vowed would put Trump back into the White House is already facing court setbacks. Just minor. So you're saying there's a chance. Oh, like we're not giving up hope yet that Trump can be, you know, put back into the White House in August. Yeah, I mean we're we're still uh, we're still out there fighting the good fight. Even if it's the my pillow guy. Mm. Yeah, I mean what? Who cares? I mean, I, I, my pillow's voice is just as loud as anybody else's voice. Exactly. When it comes to the blind eye of justice, Tyler. There you go. There's the spin zone right there. The 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 my pillow guy. Your pillow, my pillow, doesn't matter whose pillow it is. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? <laughs> doesn't matter. My pillow guy. Who do you think you are? I am. Uh, Pete Weber is the man. I love that guy. Uh, here's my article that I found, and this is spectacular. From the Washington Post, the WAPO, as they would say on Twitter. Weeks after Holocaust Museum visit, Representative Green, Marjorie Taylor Green, makes new Nazi-era comparison in opposing vaccination, vaccination push. So if you don't remember, a few months ago, she compared the vaccination cards to the gold star from the Holocaust for Jews. And she, then she was asked to visit the Holocaust Museum. She went and released a statement, a public statement saying she apologized. Now this story comes out. So she makes a new Nazi era comparison. So I spin zone. Marjorie Taylor Greene is fucking fully living out the plot to Groundhog Day. She's literally just living the same day over and just like, oh, my God, this sounds like Nazi Germany. And then she realizes, yeah, I'm crazy. That's not realistic. Apologizes, goes to sleep, wakes up and going, what the hell? I'm going to relive the same day over and over. She does it. She's literally living the plot to Groundhog Day. 
That's all I can come from that. It's spin a good zone. movie. So. Well, yeah, Spin Zone. Yeah. The ending of the movie, you find your way. Bill Murray figures it out. Marjorie Taylor Greene is on the cusp of figuring it out. She's on the cusp. That's the Spin Zone. She is, so for those that think she's a lost cause, she's right on the cusp. She's right there. It's beautiful. She's Gives right where us all hope, really. Well, she's right where we she's right where we want her. <laughs> right where we want her. All right, that's our show for you. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Hope you enjoyed everything. We'll be back with another interview in a few days. Enjoy. Politics is not touch football. Politics is winner, take all. It always has been, and it always will be. Too many OBGYNs aren't able to practice their love with women all across this country. There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. 